Welcome to the Real Uniting Church podcast with Scott and Marty. In this series, we go in search of the core identity of the Uniting Church in this its 40th year and where we might go in the years to come. Join us. So welcome to the Real Uniting Church podcast. Joining us today in the very comfortable studio, Noah Kim and Ben Tupo. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Noah uh, works with the Uniting Church in Queensland, leading the Next Gen Arise project and also with Sunnybank Uniting Church. Ben, part of the family, the community at Park Church Tongan Congregation and recently joined the Uniting Church Uniting Communications team. So welcome to you both. Great to have you with us. Great thank you for having us. We're going to talk about multicultural church today and multicultural communities within churches. Can we start by saying, what is what is the beauty and the strength for us in being a multicultural church in the United Church? Um, at Sunnybank, we don't use the term multicultural. Instead, okay. we call ourselves as a cross-cultural church. The reason behind it is, whereas the term uh, multicultural gives a sense of segregation amongst the cultural groups in the church, Cross-cultural is about diversity within unity. It is a space of mutual learning between different cultures and exchange of different cultural influences. So if we use the term multicultural, is, so what, what I'm hearing you say then is the implication is we're talking about multiple but separated yes. cultural communities. Yeah. When, when you use the term cross-cultural, you're talking about a community multiple cultures are represented. That's right. Is that right? Yeah. And where we're drawing the best from all of those cultures to find something new, mm-hmm. as opposed to inviting people from different cultural groups to come and participate in a very Anglo kind of church and say, yeah. you, know, you can come and be a part of us. What does it look like at Sunnybank Community? Uh, we have about 30 different cultural groups. Okay. And worship team is made up uh, with cross-cultural young people, um, also intergenerational uh, worship leaders. Uh, so it's very culturally diverse, but each brings their own style, own gift, own culture um, into worship. And also our teaching team, preaching team is cross-cultural. Myself, um, coming from uh, Korean culture, Karen Rose, who is our supply minister, she's Anglo, and also our our lay preachers are Tongan and Samoan. Okay. For Sunnybank particular, what do you love about the fact that it's this cross-cultural mix? We bring uh, different stories. Even theologies are based on their cultural experiences. For example, when Helen, who is Tongan lay preacher in our church, shared about um, loyalty. Uh, she talked about in terms of her understanding about king uh, mm. in Tongan yep. community yeah, yeah. and chief um, in Tongan community. So it brings more a vivid picture, I guess, yep. um, when people talk about their theological understandings of the scriptures. Yeah, okay. uh, that is very um, powerful and also engaging. Mm. Mm. So, I mean, we're talking there about one one local congregation, yes. which is cross-cultural. 
can, can we draw back a little bit and look at the whole of the United Church in Queensland mm-hmm. and, and ask um, what, is, what is the gift that comes to the whole United Church in Queensland from having multiple cultural groups involved in the life of our church? I was going to add um, food. <laughs> <laughs> I like food. Yeah, food. With um, and with the diverse cultures, um, I think there's an, there's an analogy with the food. Um, because with each diverse culture, there's a diverse flavour um, that it brings. And I think there's, with that different flavour, there's different perspectives of who God is. Um, and that sort of develops a deeper understanding about who God is um, and what the kingdom would look like. Um, and I think that's sort of the beauty of multiculturalism um, within the United Church. Ben, you particularly have just been involved with Easter Madness. Yeah, is that is that evident in a in a gathering like Easter Madness? So, you know, what's the multi or cross cultural um, kind of community like gathering around an event like Easter Madness? Definitely, there's there are young people, who, um, especially with Easter Madness, which is a statewide camp. Um, a lot of these kids are, are used to just staying within their own community. So when they come to a camp um, that has such great diversity, they really see the breadth of who God is. Um, and it comes down to the different types of worship and um, the different types of approaches that these kids um, take um, with just similar um, situations that they might be in. Um, so yeah, I, I do see the importance of multiculturalism um, within our faith, especially with events mm-hmm. like Easter Maps. We know that the new NCLS data says that 50% of United Church members nationally are over the age of 70. Mm-hmm. But when you see the diversity of cultural backgrounds at events like Easter Madness Mm. and the National Young Adult Leaders Conference. Do you think that diversity is representative of the church? Is that what the future church is going to look like? Definitely. Definitely. I I definitely believe that um, the future of the church was represented at Easter Madness um, and also with um, the National Christian Youth Conference, uh, Eurora. With a statistic like that, most people would get scared. Um, but when you come to these um, youth events, you really get a sense of hope um, of what the church will look like in the future. And it looks, at some points, it looks messy, but it's very exciting. It's very exciting. And good food. Good food, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> um, we talked a little bit about some of the blessings or some of the the exciting things about being a, uh, a church of multiple cultures. What are some of the challenges from your perspectives? What, what have you seen that's, uh, you know, where there are, some, there are some roads for us to walk together yeah. before we figure this out? I think one of the challenges is to learn how to walk together. It's very much um, easier said than done. And a lot of that is actually listening to each other. I like what Noah had shared um, about the being a cross-cultural church and learning from each other. 
Um, and I think that's very much the challenge, is to actually just listen um, and respect each other. Mm. Well, definitely, I believe this generation is a generation of storytellers. We are inspired and empowered by hearing one's stories and being heard as well. Yeah. Uh, but in many cultures, a lot of young people in their communities, they're not really, uh, they would say they're not really heard okay. because of cultural traditions and cultural barriers, I guess. But when we look at, I guess, mainstream uh, Anglo church, they are really freed to step in leadership roles and they are given a lot of opportunities. Young people. Young people. Yeah. But in um, Korean culture, um, even yeah. the Tongan Samoan culture, they are a little bit held back okay. because of their understanding of power distance and yeah. also authority are a little bit different from Western cultures. And they are the, some challenges that I could see when I had a conversation or hear stories from other young people from cross-cultural communities. So without trampling on those cultural dimensions, you know, without kind of going in and saying, oh, well, you know, all of you kind of cultures who don't allow your young people to speak have got it wrong, you know, us, us kind of white Anglo kind of Westerners we know better, what in the United Church can we do um, to give young people from cross-cultural backgrounds the opportunity to speak or to lead or to act? From my personal experience, uh, I believe most of my personal growth as a leader and Christ follower, um, I believe it happened outside a classroom. Yeah. But it happened when I sat with my mentors in his house or his car. And when they took an intentional time to look into my eyes and share their stories, share the story of their journey with God from genuine heart, and when they took intentional time to hear my story and pray for me, and when they were really real and authentic and even vulnerable to me, I felt very empowered. And I think a lot of cross-cultural young people could relate to that because many leaders in our communities, they do not really share their vulnerabilities. They sometimes put their... Put the their, game face on. Uh, put put like <laughs> leader's face, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, what I'm hearing you talk about there is the, the critical importance of relationship. That's right. Um, and, I, and I think, Ben, you mentioned a little while ago that how fundamental it is for us to listen to one another, yeah. which is part of relationship as yeah. well. Um, so, so I guess what I'm... What I'm hearing you say is that one of the ways to allow young people from cross-cultural backgrounds to kind of flourish is, is by being intentional about building a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Um, are there, Absolutely. Are there some structural things? So talk a little bit about the Next Gen Arise project. Tell us about that project and what mm-hmm. um, what's happening, what we're trying to achieve there, what, what it looks like. Yes, yeah, so our vision is to create a next generation of cross-cultural young leaders well, leaders are from all cultures, I should say. Okay. And we focus That's important, on, that difference there, isn't it? That's right, yeah. yes. So, and, and we focus on three particular areas, which is equipping, where we 
uh, equip young kid, young people with their leadership skills. And the second one is network. So we help young people to build connections with other young people from other communities. Uh, and third one is worship. So we encourage young people to uh, corporately worship Jesus because we believe as we worship God and his, hear his word, we get inspired. We find our calling um, in our lives. So just run through those three again. Uh, equipping, yep. network, and worship. worship. And, and how do those things happen? So our mission statement is to develop young leaders who can inspire cross-cultural young people's movement by doing these four things. Uh, they are, we believe uh, we are called to serve young people to firstly, passionately follow Jesus. Second, um, selflessly building each other up. Third, uh, take places of leadership in the church and beyond. And fourth, we believe with all these things, we can fearlessly change the world. So as we focus on worship, every fifth Sunday evening of the month, we have our worship gathering. Uh, we just had it uh, last Sunday, mm. and we had about, I guess, 200 cross-cultural wow. young people. Yeah. And people come from all around, sort of southeast Queensland, I guess. Yes, that's right, yeah. yeah. And just to worship God and hear God's word and talk about the future of the United Church. And we have monthly leadership gathering where we, it is more intentionally to uh, equip young leaders. We invite guest speakers yeah. and give them leadership workshops. And and uh, it, it really gives them something to take back home mm. and apply into their ministry context or community or even family like that. Because leadership is required everywhere. Yeah. Um, ben, I know you're involved in helping to you're a part of a leadership community for Next Generalize, but also, you know, as you participate in those worship gatherings, as you participate in those monthly leadership community days, what, what are some of the things that, um, you know, that are coming to mind for you or that you're learning along the way or that you're kind of grappling with in those spaces? One of the biggest thing um, that I've learned is that I have a voice. What I love about the Next Generalize initiative is that it really empowers young people you know to know that they have a voice and that they have a, a part um, within the uniting church and you know we, there's a lot of people who are empowered to be small groups facilitators um, which may be something that they haven't done within their own church community but within this setting um, they're really empowered to do that and you just see people learn more and more about themselves and, and really step ahead and like, hey, whoa, I can actually do this. Yeah. You know, I, and, it, and it goes with the, the worship as well. Um, you know, with the Next Generalized team, worship team, they aim to work with the host community um, as well. Okay, so it, it moves around a different place each time. Yeah, okay, yeah. Gotcha. Um, and then the worship team sort of changes because um, okay. we really want to create that network um, and connect with those who are hosting these worship sessions. And it's, it's really empowering people to say, hey, I can 
actually lead a small group. I can actually lead worship. Um, and I can actually work with people who may not look the same as me. You're listening to the Really Knowing Church podcast. Coming up, can you separate faith and culture? And what did Ben and Noah wish other people understood about their cultures? Ben, you're a member of the Diversity Task Group, uh, which is another way we're trying to get more diversity in the boards, commissions, committees and councils of the Synod. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about uh, that task group and, and what's happening? Yeah, so the task group was um, formed because of the United Church's commitment to diversity. Um, And basically what we want to do is find out a way to firstly identify um, the diverse talents and gifts um, that these people bring um, and also encourage them into the life of the church. So there are key groups that the Standing Committee has identified as groups of people that we want to tap on the shoulder and say, have you thought about nominating to be on the standing committee, for example? Yeah. Who are those groups of people? Yeah, so these um, groups are those that are diverse in age, gender, um, and cultural diversity, which includes Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander groups. What excites you about the future of the Uniting Church, and what is the future of the Uniting Church going to look like? What's going to be different? I read this news article in my um, preparation for the sermon a couple of weeks ago, and it evaluated how an anxiety epidemic is sweeping this 21st century. It said conditions like social anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia are thought to affect more than 3 million Australians every year, claiming almost 30 million person year in lost productivity and they contribute to unemployment triggers uh, triggers uh, hospital visits hampers recovery from illness and increases suicide risk in this country and this world and what is more striking is uh, it said people who are younger than 35 are more vulnerable to anxiety issues than the elders and my prayer and my hope for the uh, next generation and I believe this is going to be including myself um, is to be a fearless generation embracing a powerful statement from Christ followers of the first century which is to me to live is Christ and to die is gain and really believing in the reality of eternity and the power of resurrection of Christ that are embedded in our Christian faith. And I believe uh, this faith will release young people to be leaders with a vision, integrity and character and grit to stick it out with passion for mission. And I believe the future of the United Church uh, will be a fearless generation. So we actually talked a couple of episodes ago with our moderator about one of the real challenges for the church today is is a lack of confidence, and so I'm I'm just reminded of that, and you know, and thinking you know if we if we are a community that is that is nurturing fearless disciples mm-hmm. who are part of that leadership community, 
we're going to overcome that lack of confidence. Mm-hmm. What does fearlessness look like? Well, from my um, own experience, to be honest, I'm a very shy person. I'm quite reserved. My minister said to me, you're quite a reserved person. So I never thought of myself in leadership role before. But when I really understood the uh, meaning of the gospel, that Christ really died for me. And um, there is eternal life waiting for me. And I knew I, I had to live my life here purposefully and with meaning. And that really uh, gave me to really push through and overcome fear. So fear for me does not mean that you don't get afraid. It does not mean that you don't get scared. But it means because you have a purpose in front of you and you know for sure about that purpose, you continue. You stick it out with the grit. And that is, for me, fearless. I want to ask a theological question. Ooh, well, excellent. Well, oh. it's a question about theology. This is also relevant to the Anglo Church. I assume that there is a diversity of theology amongst mm-hmm. cross-cultural people. That's probably reflected amongst the broader United Church also. How can we all tell when a concept is to do with our faith versus our culture that we come from, so cultural norms. Is it possible to differentiate between culture and gospel in the first instance? There isn't. Um, there's definitely a challenge there. Like was mentioned earlier, I come from the Tongan community, and our very motto for our nation uh, is translated to my God and Donga are my inheritance. Um, So our faith is very much embedded with our culture. And so there are often challenges trying to separate the two. Um, And I think the only way, or for me personally, is to be Christ-centered. And this is um, very much reflected in one of our priorities for the Synod, is to be Christ-centered um, in listening and, and seeking. Great. And Very prayer. Yeah. Well done. That's enough. Oh, done. <laughs> but yeah, that's the only um, way I see it, is to, with the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, to discern these sort of things. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's very much intertwined. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I don't really have uh, good answers to this question is very hard one but um, I uh, I don't like to quote from Timothy Keller who is the uh, ministry in New York in America he said Christ centeredness is about how your beliefs lead you to treat people who disagree with you so that is a wisdom that I uh, hold how do you treat people who disagree with you Mm -hmm. yeah okay so that's that's something that I can um, hold on to when I come to these cultural differences, yeah. and different understandings. It is about how you treat people rightly yeah. uh, in the eyes of God. Mm. Mm. 
if people want to get involved with Next Gen Arise, how do they do so? We have our next um, leadership workshop, uh, which is held right here at the Senate office um, on the 27th of May. Uh, our guest speaker on the day will be David Fender, Associate General Secretary of CINO. Is there a Facebook group, website, social, like how can people just tap into the community and what's happening with Next Gen Arise? Yep, so we have a Facebook page um, and it's Next Gen Arise. Uh, so you can search us up on Facebook, like and follow and keep updated with all the events that we have running through the year. Great. Thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate the chance to hang out with you. Uh, I, certainly I'm taking away, um, you know, what, what you've reminded me of is that actually it starts with relationship um, uh, between one and one um, and small numbers and small numbers happening collectively uh, and listening to one another. And, and I really appreciate the reminder. I have yeah. one last question. Okay. I always have one last question. <laughs> What's one thing that for each of you, what's one thing that you wish other cultures understood about your culture? For the Tongan culture, um, the concept of respect is very diverse and very different to um, other cultures. And so that's one thing I would like um, other people to understand because it just working um, in the Queensland Synod is sometimes a bit of a clash um, of culture. Um, and it's very weird to just, you know, walk down the hall and say hello to the moderator with the whole, um, the understanding of authority and power. Yeah, um, okay. And just to have a friendly chat to, you know, these key leaders of the church. And it's something that I sometimes struggle with, personally, um, but yeah. I really appreciate that. How about for you, Noah, is there something that... Yeah, um, probably similar to um, bands. And the more time that I spend with Tongan brothers and sisters, the more I re realize Korean's, Korean culture is very similar to uh, Pacific Islander cultures okay. when it comes to um, the power distance and on understanding of authority and respect and uh, yeah I, I yeah I appreciate what Ben said and I think it's something that I would want to see uh, more from other cultures I guess <laughs> that's certainly the broad public Australian culture has become one one could argue quite disrespectful in some ways um, at our best we could call it egalitarian and flat um, but at our worst, quite disrespectful. Great to have you with us. Uh, thanks, folks, for joining us here at Real Uniting Church. Mm -hmm. We'll see you next month. Thank you. Thank you.